0: Get ready to rock, radio. Hi, Dave. Oh,
1: hi. I realised, Joe, it's uh, it's roughly uh, almost exactly twelve months since we last spoke, and uh, that was in June last year when you were recording your current album.
0: That's right. We were in Santorini.
1: Yes, and I was very jealous, actually. But it was obviously not really. It was a working thing for you, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> it was a lot
0: of hard work. Yeah. It was like it was a it was a five week vacation for some, and it was a, it a lot of work for others, and. Some of them kind of split the difference.
1: You remember, it was a bad line there because you're on an island.
0: Um, oh yeah, we, we were lucky we had electricity.
1: Yeah, I mean quite, but but quite a marvelous place to record. I would have thought really.
0: It was a great experience. I mean, like we had like, you know, I mean again, it was, in some cases, it was paradise, and then in some cases, it was it was a sobering, um, y- place to be because you have no, very little phone, you know, very little internet if you had it and sometimes the power was in and out but um it was it was great because it it, it gave the album a focus yeah that it didn't have you know
1: now when we spoke i mean that was round about um towards the end of june were you mid in the middle of recording or were you towards the end at that stage
0: i was actually about done writing and we were about to start recording.
1: Ah, so it was quite a sort of crucial, you know, really quite a focused time for you, wasn't it then really? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Joe, um, the album's been out for a couple of months now and you've you've got the benefit of hindsight, distance from the recording, you know, you're not right on top of it, you've got some a degree of objectivity and of course you've yeah. had the feedback from the reviews in the in the press. I mean, how do you feel yeah. about the album now that it's
0: it's been out for a while? Um, well I very rarely listen to albums that I make after they're done. um I look at the record or, uh, records are snapshots of of a place and time in this case, it was in June of two thousand and nine you know and um I think the 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 record has been reviewed very favorably over the course of the last four or five months and you know, the, the fan reaction has been really good to it. And quite frankly, that's the only thing I really care about. Yes. And so to me, I think, you know, that particular record was a different record than John Henry and it was a different record than Slow Gin and everything else. And that's the, whole, that's the only thing I really wanted to accomplish is the fact that you don't repeat yourself and you keep challenging that on yourself to the listener, you know, with stuff that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm like very happy with the record and I, I'm very proud of that one. I think uh, it's also Anton Fig's favorite one that we've done, so All right. that means anything.
1: <laughs> now, um, of course, uh, one of the, um, the features of this uh, album is you were working with, I assume they were local musicians, but there's a couple of um, great tracks. In fact, one of our favorites is Quarryman's Lament, yeah. where, where you've mixed that folky element with your playing. Now, is that something you might do again in the future?
0: You know, I, I think, I think you know, we absolutely will. Will, will it be Greek musicians? Probably not, because um, we've, we've done that. Before. But I think every time you add, like, you know, different elements of worldly music to some tracks, I think it gives it a real nice, you know, depth and dimension to it. Um, I also think that it, it, it does boil down to just a song, and it has to make sense. You can't just put a whole bunch of, you know, you know, xylophones and flutes and you know you know cobblers on a on a song that has no call for it and then you know yeah call it world music it, it it's not no. so it, it, as long as it suits the song and it makes sense in the grand scheme of things i'm totally into it get
1: ready to rock radio music you want to hear now um we mentioned of course when we spoke last year that it was something of um, a landmark year for you with um again almost 12 months to the day we had uh, the Albert Hall gig um, now, this year, you've had the Breakthrough Artist Award in, in the Classic Rock magazine. Uh, you're, you're touring constantly now. You've had the new album out. Um, yeah. I mean, you're like, f- for my generation, really, and, uh, you know, you can probably gather I'm in in the 50s now, uh, you're like one of the modern superstars of guitar. Oh, well, having... thanks. Yeah, well, well, you are. I mean, and I think people are recognizing that, even if they were perhaps slow to pick up on that, you know, over the years. And I'm just fascinated to know, how you regard this what you might call a breakthrough because i mean i think it's more difficult these days than it perhaps even was five or six years ago you know it's incredible to see where you know from where you've come and i was just wondering if you could go back to the early days of your career and what was your objective because i know you started playing the guitar if you like publicly at quite an early age i mean you were playing in your in your early teens weren't you
0: yeah i mean we've we've the, the interesting thing about my career path is everything has happened for a reason. It's been like the ultimate tortoise in the hare you know kind of analogy. It, it's been one of those things where we slowly just record after record, show after show and we've kind of slowly built it up and it, you know there wasn't that one moment where I went from obscurity to to, you know worldwide fame and I think for me it's like we've always tried to Make music for the right reasons, just stuff we like unapologetically, and hopefully people will, will, will you know, come down to the gigs. And I think it's been that kind of approach that's really helped us, you know. Um, there's a lot of great guitar players out there now. I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of them, and they're getting younger and younger. Either that or I'm getting older and older, and they're saying the <laughs> same. I think that's uh, probably a that.
1: bit of us as well, isn't it? Really? They're I like, mean,
0: oh, I'm 18. Hi, I'm 17. Hi, I'm 20. I'm like, well, Jesus, I'm 33. And I'm going, dude. <laughs> you know, don't you people age? I do. <laughs> Every lap around the sun, I get one year older. But, um, you know, so uh, to me, it's like, I, I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing because there are a bunch of young kids starting to play now. And there are, they are playing rooted music. They're playing blues. They're playing rock. They're playing a, an amalgamation of the two. So I, I really, you know, that's very encouraging, you know. And, um, and I, you know, I'm glad to, been a very very small part of that resurgence
1: oh i'm sure you've been an inspiration joe yeah now did you have a, a sort of mentor figure when you started out or have you continued to have a mentor figure do you think that's important for musicians generally to have someone who's spurring you on and encouraging you and you know
0: yeah. my father was a, a a big mentor he was the one that always encouraged but was always very He's always very honest about the playing, and, and you know never sugarcoat anything. But he was also very encouraging at the same time. He still is. Yes. B.B. Um, King, I've kind of modeled my whole career after.
1: Huh. You
0: know, going here's a guy, been at the top of his game for sixty years. You know, is able to go out and play big venues. Arguably, are they the massive stadiums? No, but he always kept it in a. He always played it conservatively, and and, and always filled the rooms that he played. And made a has made a very good living just doing that, playing to his core fan base, and then watching that fan base pass it down to the second generation, and then watching that fan base pass it down to a third generation. So in his shows, you you see mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, you know, son and daughter.
1: It's amazing, you know? isn't it? Yeah. and it's
0: an amazing it's amazing it's an amazing sight to see. And his music has touched each generation in a different way, but he's put in the work and he's reaping the benefits to it. career that I'd like to have. Oh, yeah.
1: And it must have been great uh, featuring him on the current album as well, on the track Nightlife.
0: Yeah, I mean, 20 yeah. years I've known the man and I've never asked him for anything. And I, you know, after Mr. Clapton showed up at the Albert Hall, I was kind of on a roll and I had a bit of a, bit of a confidence boost, you know, a B12 shot of confidence. And I happened to run into BB in in uh, in Rotterdam when we played North Sea jazz and I was sitting on his bus for like an hour and we're just, you know, talking as we as we've done, you know, we're always asking about girls and more stuff about girls and you know, he, he's a guy. And um he uh I just happened to say, you know, like I'm doing a new album and Santerranean. Yeah, by track would you you know, noodle about on it, you know, just put your noodly bits on. And he's he was like, yeah, I'll do that, no problem. So, yeah. So in December of last year, he went in the studio in Vegas and sang and played some noodle, you know, noodle stuff on there. And it was great. Get ready to rock radio, music you want to hear.
1: Almost like the, the well, the icing on the cake for you last year, wasn't it, with uh, your oh, Albert yeah. Hall appearance with Eric Clapton, and then of course BB B. King. It's fantastic, really.
0: Steve Winwood, that was another thrill. I mean, oh like, yes, of course. We did Low Spark of High Heeled Boys and and um and crossroads with Steve winwood I was like that
1: was like base yes i mean it's like paying your dues isn't it for, from your point of view for for to these artists who you've grown up with and you've listened to the music and it we can obviously hear those influences in uh, a number of your albums. But, but, Joe, going back to the guitar playing, um, do you ever feel on a personal level, you know, how much better can I get playing this instrument? You know, do, do you ever worry that, um, I mean, how would you see guitar playing? Is it something that do you think that will, um, you, you will get better over a period or, or do you worry sometimes that you might, well, you know, uh, you, you you've done your stuff and really it's just a matter of refining it, you know?
0: Well, I think at the end of the day, there's no better example to look at other than the guy named Jeff Beck, who has reinvented himself for the last four decades and become the top guitar player in each decade in a different, completely different style of playing. Yes. So there's a guy that I look up to for that reason, because he's also a guy, you know, who never rests on his laurels. You know, he could He could have played blow by blow and you know, all those songs that he did in the 70s for the rest of his career and had a very good life, but he's been really reinventing himself and and reinventing the guitar to the point where, like, you know, here I am, 33, I I don't even know where to start to try to figure out what he's doing, and and then there's people from all ages in between, and that's a real, it's a real feather in his cap. So, I mean, as far as guitar playing, there's good days and bad days for me, and there's days that i feel that you know the hands and the brain don't connect then there's days and i feel that that it's on um i think it's gotten more refined as i've gotten older i think it's slowed up a bit and, and and you know slowed down and uh you know to me it's uh you know that's i'm 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 happy with that you know
1: yeah and of course you're very you know with the albums there's a, there's a lot of variety um although you, you're mainly categorized as a um you know, as a blues rock player. I mean, there's a lot right. more in your music, isn't there, really? I think that keeps must keep it fresh for you.
0: Well, it's also you know, about keeping it fresh for the listener. You know, the, the listener has to enjoy the record from start to finish. And if you make a record of very same-sounding stuff, you know, it's slow, and then just playing slow, medium, and fast, and, you know, changing the words, um, I think people tend to listen to your record once and, Throw it right
1: away. Programmed by enthusiasts, not accountants. This is Get Ready to Rock Radio. Well, we, ca- we can't let you go, Joe, this morning without um, talking about this new collaboration with Glenn Hughes. Yeah. Um, now, that's something quite out of the blue, really, when I heard about this.
0: Uh, has the band got a name yet? The band has a name. has actually a two name. Ah, but I can't tell you what the two names are until, until we have this thing, until the U.S. Trademark Office tells, tells me I can.
1: Ah, right. So it's got to be cleared, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Very- Musically, this is quite fascinating. How did this um, arrangement come about? I mean, how did you get involved in the first place?
0: I've known Glenn for about three years. I've known Jason for five. Yeah. Um, he played on a record called You and Me. And um, basically, that was the start of it. And, um, and Derek Sharini I've known for about a year. Right, and he's a friend of Kevin Shirley's, and we all kind of swish this around, and it seemed to make sense. And it for me, it, it's it's a, such a departure for for my day job that I have a blast doing.
1: It. Talking about the um, uh, keeping things fresh for yourself is that one of the reasons? Does this allow you to do um, something you can't really do in the solo job, Joe? You know.
0: Well, it's a bit more rock. I mean, yeah. certainly more rock. And, you know, I don't do the heavy lifting on the vocal. You know, I sing some, I sing two songs on the album, and I sing some harmony bits. But, but I don't do the heavy lifting, and that's Glenn's area of expertise. All I get to do is just play my last ball in solo. Yes. And it was great. You know, it was, it was less pressure because it kind of got, the sandbags kind of got spread around throughout the members. And it was a lot, it was a, it, it, it was a lot of fun. In the sense that it, it, it was very liberating because I just I, I was just to plug it into a couple of marshals and and play rock guitar and that was my job.
1: Yes, you probably felt perhaps there was there's not so much pressure on because I suppose when you go out with you, yeah, you know, I know you do go out with a band, but it's very much the spotlight's on you, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. So, so that must be great. And and is it allowing you to play more rocky stuff? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. I mean, like. You probably wouldn't recognize some of my playing on the record. I mean, ah. it's, it's if you're going. Wow, that's you know not what I expected him to do. Well,
1: but this sounds exciting. I mean, is, yeah. people are bound to compare it now with Chicken Chickenfoot, aren't they? Even if they and haven't heard it.
0: Vultures and every other super band. Again, like my whole thing is with 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 the band is nobody wants to listen to a band. I don't care who's in it. he's made a bad record? Yes. So, gotta concentrate on making a, a good record first, and then and then. The hype machine will will kind of either like it or dislike it, or and and it's you know to me it's like really we did it kind of under the radar, which was great, and I, I prefer to do it that way.
1: Yes, I mean. yes, but I think the thing about Chickenfoot, it has surprised people because it does seem to be a more lasting arrangement, and it'd be great if this arrangement, you know, it, so many supergroups seem, you know, for, for obvious reasons, Joe, you know, the ego element not least they seem to fizzle out after the first album, don't they?
0: Well, I mean, it's that ego more. It, it's, I, I equate it to, if you were to try to merge like Virgin Airlines with British Airways with with BMI and EasyJet, mm. okay? And get everybody in the room, they're all, they're all friends, and then go, okay, we're going to merge these businesses together. together. And then... And then we'll just let the lawyers sort it out. Don't you think it would be, like, massively diffi- difficult? Yeah, yeah. I mean? yes. And that's inherently what the problem is with the supergroup. Everybody has commitments to their own thing, and they also have expenses that go along with that, you know? Mm. So it's like, you know, I can't completely abandon my band guys. I've been with me be five years because, you know, they're my guys. They're my family. So, you know, I have to keep playing on my own, to support not only them but myself, and, and again, it just—it just be, you know, it—it's just complicated to get everybody's schedule on the same page, and 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 it's also very complicated to, to, to basically, you know, merge all these different factions. You
1: know? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds once you've overcome the hurdle of the name. I mean, that will be a big, you yeah. Know, well, I uh, we're, big thing. We're,
0: we're we're happy with the name, and we're happy with that. You know, got, you know, getting a website together. And a, you know, and it's like you know it's like it's like starting over it's like really exciting stuff, you know it's, it's
1: great isn't it it's been like up
0: for ten years, so it's like I don't remember like just, you know picking out pictures
1: yes no it's it's all good stuff now um what what about the progress on the album i mean what, when is it scheduled for album's release
0: done. album's done, it's mastered Bob Ludwig mastered it, and um Bob the great bob ludwig who who did black rock for us yeah its it's done and so, it came out great. Not a bonus track, because we used all the tracks we had. And is it all original material? All original, except for Medusa. I will let you know that we do Medusa from Traffic. Ah, right. Which is my favorite song, and I get to play Mal Galley's guitar. The <laughs> original guitar I played Medusa, I played it on the, on the remake. Oh,
1: the cool is that? Well, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is great for you, I think, because it is such a, a contrast, isn't it? That's the main thing, and it's um, hopefully some live dates will follow from this, won't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're, we're we're planning on doing some live shows maybe at the end of this year and certainly next year. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be great. And it's it's quite a motley crew. Oh, I think that name's taken, too. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get around. <laughs> it would have been a good one, though, Joe. Yeah. Who, who would have thought Let's Zep Again was taken?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're probably becoming an expert now on band names, aren't you, really? Oh,
0: my it? God. Yeah. Well, I read the same article about the Crooked Vultures. <laughs> they finally went through about... Ten different permutations, and they said, "Let's just pick three words that have nothing to do with each other and see if that's sticks." And it was that was that's how they got the name. Yeah, because they couldn't get clearances, they couldn't get trade trademarks.
1: No, this is this. No, now uh, let's just uh, conclude because you've been um, in Scandinavia. You're now in. I assume you're in London now, aren't you? Um, prepa- I'm in
0: London. Yeah. Preparing
1: for your gig at the, uh, Hammersmith, the Hammersmith Apollo. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: the Hammersmith Odin.
1: Oh, sorry, the Odin, Yeah. Um,
0: we're, we're gonna we're gonna call it by its original
1: original name. name. Good. We're going
0: back old school tomorrow.
1: Oh, well, this is good, isn't it? I mean, this is a, a place that um, it's got so many uh, like the Albert Hall, isn't it? Really, it's a. It's
0: know. basically the Hallowed Halls. I mean, like, I mean, exactly. you gotta think. You gotta think. I mean, Mata Hoople's legacy there. Um, White Snake's legacy. Um, I mean, it is David Bowie and and I mean like everybody's played there and it. And, it, and it's it's the more rock side of what the Albert Hall is to classical music and Clapton and the Cream. This is where all the, the iconic rock bands played. Yes, I'll oh, be great.
1: Now, um, Scandinavia was that good? Because you played dates in uh, you have come back from Norway, haven't you? We
0: sold out every gig.
1: I yeah. could not believe it. <laughs> we
0: sold out Stockholm. That's why we had to reschedule these interviews for today because I was because of the ash cloud. I didn't. I couldn't get back here and in the Stockholm in time ah. um, we saw that every gig Helsinki and, and um, Estonia it's the first time in Tallinn it was great
1: yeah. it suddenly started happening for you in Scandinavia well, we've
0: always it? had we've always had a good traction up in up in Scandinavia where our first time in we were doing four, five, six hundred people and they were familiar with our music but we never were able you know only until the last couple of years were we able to get into seats which was great, you know, and um yeah it it's so funny to watch people sing lyrics in a language not their own, really touching because they they they're singing this melody in this song and these lyrics, and you know they're they you know kind of you know they don't speak the language
1: now like you're going to um Uh, you're continuing from uh, your dates in the UK. It's only a a short tour, really, and then you're going to Europe, and, of course, you're playing um, the Montreux Jazz Festival, aren't you, in July?
0: we play playing Montreux, and and then we're back here for High Voltage. For High
1: Voltage, that's right. So you've got a busy
0: summer ahead, yeah. Well, you know, this is mostly, uh, we're doing more festivals, and we're doing three shows as support in France for ZZ Top, and I'm, like, so looking forward to that. The only thing I can't play is my version that just got paid. (laughs) <laughs> huh. so yeah the, the summer time is mixed it's like some headlines and some festivals and so it's fun oh
1: it's good well look Joe thanks for talking to us today and uh, we're on the eve actually of your London dates um, at the Hammersmith Odeon and uh, yeah we'll, we'll uh, look forward to talking to you again and catching up perhaps um, as the 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 band project progresses. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a yeah. lot of uh, interest in that, but it shouldn't deflect from your own solo thing because obviously we've been so impressed with um, with with the current album, and I'm sure you'll be promoting that in the coming yeah, months as and, well. Yeah, I,
0: I think people really enjoy the band thing as well. They're not mutually exclusive.
1: Look, Joe, all the best for these dates in the UK and um, in the coming months, and I hope, hope to catch up with you again soon.
0: Cheers, man.